back to me, Percy Podcast. It's your host, Emmanuel. And as you can see, I'm all by myself for this podcast. All right, let's try this again. Back to me, Percy Podcast. It's your host, Emmanuel. Um, I'm about to say I'm here with, but as you can see right now, I'm by myself because my co-host is out of town for this weekend. So we're doing the podcast prime time style by myself, me, Emmanuel Prime Time Siafa. Speaking about prime time, you should follow my TikTok because guess what? I can go on. I can go on live right now. What? Right now, I have like. 855 followers that's more than all of our social media pages for me personally podcast combined also got like a tiktok right here where i kind of went off on madden against a friend 1000 views this tiktok has 1.7 million views and 300k likes and 1500 comments 26k share uh bookmarks uh something a little light like that but no, let me try going live i'm gonna go on live real quick uh, recording MP podcast fitness and sports. Hmm. Set this up and then for the rest of the podcast. I'm gonna be live, but <clears throat> like I said, welcome back to me, Percy Podcast. It's your host, Emmanuel, by myself, co host out of town. So you're gonna get the full prime time Siafa experience right now. But let's just get right into it, okay? So the NFL Combine just NFL Combine just kicked off on yesterday with the D line uh, doing their uh, D line linebackers doing their combine questions for some of the players. For example, Caleb Williams and Drake May had some questions out there. They weren't participating in the combine. But first thing, I want to talk about the D line that was in that was doing the combine because the D line kind of went off during the combine. Especially Braden Fisk, Brian Murphy the second, uh, Leonard Taylor the third from Miami, uh, and also uh, I'm trying. Man, I don't want to get this guy's name wrong, but uh, who? Sorry, don't want to get this. Don't want to get this guy's name wrong. Uh, Texas D line, bro. Why am I forgetting? Uh, oh, Tavon Sweat going running his. 40-yard dash, too. I'm trying to pull up. Yeah, he ran a 5-2-7 as a 366-pounder. That's insane. Like, I used to be 366 pounds back in August. I lost right now. I'm 268. So, clap. Pat on the back for me. But I know when I was that heavy, I couldn't barely even run. Barely can walk up the stairs, but running a five-two-seven in a forty-yard dash—that's insane. That's insane. So, but hey, hey, I shouldn't. Hey, I should know about Teron Sweat. He terrorized Oklahoma State when in the Big Twelve Championship game, and he's definitely like someone said. Like if he was like a hundred, I think he, someone said if he was like two hundred pounds, he would have ran like a four-four-four. So like. That's insane for a D lineman who's 366 pounds. 
But back into let me get back into the topic. But the D line and linebacker shine. For example, Bris, uh, Braden Frisk from Florida State. He ran four seven eight forty yard dash. Uh, he had thirty three point five inch vertical and a nine 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 feet and nine inches broad jump. He ranked third in with a one point six eight second ten yard split. Like I said, sometimes it's, it's really good when these players like participate in the combat, especially the players who at the time was looking like they're going to go in third round, second round. Some of these combines for these players who look like they was going to go in the second round, third round will jump up to the first round. And some of these combines is going to hurt. So that's why I understand why players like Caleb Williams, Drake May, uh, what was, let me pull up the list. Who was it? Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Mar- Marvin Harris Jr., Malik Neighbors, Jonathan Cooper, um, Jonathan Brooks from Texas and Cooper DeJean from Iowa. The reason why they're not participating because they got nothing else to prove. If they sometimes the combine is going to hurt you, and sometimes the combine is going to help you. There's there, those players I mentioned are probably going to be drafted top fifteen. So why would they go to the combine and hurt their stock a little bit? But but like this, like Caleb Williams said, the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the pudding. You can watch this tape. Why would he want to go to the combine where he's he's throwing the ball to receivers that he has never played with before instead of doing his pro day at USC, throwing to his guys, even though it is a little biased for their pro, pro day, but still, if you don't want to hurt your your draft stock, you got to do what's comfortable to you. But carry on. We I was talking about the D-line who played good, but there were some edge rushers who also had a great combine, like Chop Robinson. Ran a 4-4, 40-yard dash. That's insane. Honestly, that's insane. Like, Chop Robinson, he was already, like, a first-round talent, but he probably raised himself all the way up to a top-10 pick, in my opinion. Top-10 pick right there. Uh, then some of the linebackers. Peyton, Peyton Wilson won the lineback, best linebacker of the year award, too, in college football from North Carolina State. Great 40-yard dash. Ran 4-4. Best linebacker in this draft class, in my opinion, right there. But I can keep on yapping along, try to move on quickly, get get through this podcast quickly. Since I'm by myself. But shoot, the real question is, out of all these prospects in this draft class since the championship, should we really believe in the hype of J.J. McCarthy? And I like J.J. McCarthy, you know. I like like the Michigan program, like everything they did this year. <laughs> but I like everything they did this year. And Jason McCarthy, he's one of the more accurate quarterbacks. But like I said, people tend to say that he was a handoff merchant, which I I, I don't. It's personally true, but I don't. That's not the knock for me. We just don't really know. We don't really know until we're gonna see the draft combine. Uh, until we're gonna see him at the combine throwing. We're going to see what type of player that he is, how accurate he is, because watching him play, he doesn't make mistakes. Like, there, there was a lot of quarterbacks in that conference that had great teams, but when they made mistakes, it was completely over. Ohio State quarterback and Penn State quarterback, they could have went undefeated both, but when they played Michigan in that defense, they made mistakes. They made a lot of mistakes. So, we, I don't know. I don't know. I feel, because... 
My team's the Broncos. My team's the Broncos. Everybody knows that. My team's the Broncos. And the Broncos are rumored to get J.J. McCarthy. We already meet with him and everything. So I do not know how I feel about J.J. McCarthy 100%. I love J.J. McCarthy. You know, Michigan, that's my second team after Oklahoma State. Everybody knows that. But I don't really know. But I don't know how I should believe in the J.J. McCarthy hype. So I'm wondering what you guys think about J.J. McCarthy out here. Do you guys think me and the and the Denver Broncos organization should take a chance on J.J. McCarthy. You guys believe in the hype of J.J. McCarthy? Tell me why, because I'm going to post this on TikTok, because I don't know how I should feel about J.J. McCarthy at this moment. Man, I got one viewer. I got 1.1K likes, two viewers on, 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 on TikTok Live. That's crazy. That's crazy. I, I might need to start doing this more. But, but let's get on to the next topic right here with... A couple more weeks, there will be NFL free agency. And here's some underrated free agency. Here's some free agency I think could be some steals in the 2024 market at this moment right now. First person on the list. Sorry. First person on the list is Jordan Fuller, safety of the Rams. I feel like any team that's looking for DB health, safety help, Jordan Fuller is your guy. That look on the radar. I can see the Eagles making getting him. I can see other teams that need safety help getting him, but Eagles, that's the team I see getting him after they just released Kevin Byer. Uh, Zach Moss. Zach Moss had a great season this year for teams that needs running back help. I can see Zach Moss being a good guy for them. Teams like the Colts might bring him back. Browns, uh, Cowboys, Chargers, Giants. Those are teams I can see Zach Moss too. So, especially, I especially agree with the Giants. We don't know what they're going to do with Saquon Barkley. So, maybe Saquon Barkley might hit the market. Maybe they tag Saquon Barkley. Maybe they re-sign Saquon Barkley. But if they don't do re-sign him or tag him, they might look to get Zach Moss. Or if, if they even bring back Saquon Barkley, it's still good enough to have Zach Moss as your backup, too. And especially when you're needing O-line help, I'll say John Runyon. I'm probably saying that wrong, but... But he, I, I, like I said, if you need guard help, like, uh, I know the Broncos. I would love him on the Broncos, too. But we have the most expensive O-line. And then the last player I think will be a sleeper pick would be Derek Barnett. Edge rusher for, uh, he used to play for the Eagles last year. He played for the Texans. He had pretty, he had a solid game. I can see him staying with Houston or going to the Detroit Lions, in my opinion. So, like I said, I feel like the, if the Detroit Lions need a needs a great offseason for their defense, because like I feel like that was the biggest weakness for the Detroit for the Lions, because they had some good player. They have they have some key players on the team: C.J. Gardner Johnson, Aiden Hutchinson, and uh. Malcolm Rodriguez, if you want to say that too, like they have some good players on their in their safeties and on their D, uh, D line, but I feel like they need. I feel like there was like a couple pieces away to be league contenders because I feel like the window's still open for the Detroit Lions. I feel like the window's more wide open for the Detroit Lions to make it to the NFC than the San Francisco 49ers because they have all these other pieces they got to resign but right now. Lions are a good chance to win the conference. So, either last year's either gonna be the Lions, Eagles. I want to say Cowboys, but hey, we always say Cowboys every year. So we're not gonna say that. We're not gonna say that. Yeah. 
that's pretty much what I have for the NFL right now. So let's transition to the NBA. And huh, you, you can hate him, you can love him, but I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna, love, I'm gonna put a little glaze on this man. <laughs> Pause. Put a little glaze on this man. So Russell Westbrook, native LA basketball player, played for the Clippers, grew up in LA, born in LA, was from Southern California, everything. So we all know about that. He is building affordable houses in L.A. Let me just pull up this article real quick. Okay, so L.A. Clippers star Russell Westbrook is heavily involved in the L.A. and L.A. community. Instagram post on Tuesday, Westbrook announced his involvement in a project called the Evermont that will bring 180 affordable housing units, a seed school. I need to look where C school is, sorry. In a community center business to the core of Vermont and Manchester Avenue in South LA. Honestly, some people, Russell Westbrook is really my role model. Like, after KD left, he was really my favorite player. I I will I'll defend him with my I'll defend Russell Westbrook in any t- in any debate, any argument, I'm probably gonna lose. But hey, I'll, Russell Westbrook, he's a he's a great he's a great guy off the court. People hate him on the court for some reason. I don't understand. I don't know how you can hate Russell Westbrook. He's the honestly the most disrespected star in the past ten years. And let's see what him he's doing with his community, especially when he was at OKC. He was always with the uh, he was always supporting the community in OKC, and he's doing it now in his uh, hometown. Hey, some 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 people favorite players like to gamble. Some fa- some people favorite players like the harm other people. Some people fair players like to like to pull Josh Giddy. So like my favorite player, he just built houses for the community. He Russell Westbrook, he I'm sorry, Russell Westgoat West Westflash, like whatever you want. The top five greatest point guard of all time, Russell Westbrook, is really I don't know how you can hate. It. I just don't understand. I don't understand how you can hate on Russell Westbrook. Uh I feel and he's your favorite player, favorite player is is like the past five years, what players like John Morant, Evan Mobley, uh, uh, Victor Wembeyamba, uh, I think there was one more player on the Rockets they had drafted in lottery. All the all, when they were saying the draft process, they said their favorite player was Russell Westbrook. So, and Scoot Henderson, I almost why, how did we get Scoot Henderson? Scoot Henderson, uh, John Morant, Victor Wembeyamba. Evan Mobley, all those players, all all your favorite players, favorite players, Russell Westbrook. And you can't hate on him. You can't hate on him. Oh, man, I got zero views on TikTok now. Wow, that's sad. So when I, when I start getting my my, my glizzies on here, <laughs> when, when, when all that stuff pops up. But <clears throat> that's my moment to glaze the thunder real quick. But let's transition to... <clears throat> the next topic, which we are talking about, the Oklahoma City Thunder, or what the... Oh, that's nice. That's what I need on my Instagram. So, so in 2008, Phil Jackson presented a theory that you must win 40 games before you lose 20 games to be seen as an elite team. This theory has been known as the 40 and 20 rule. And right now, and... And then the 27 of the last 30 NBA champions fall in the 40-20 category. 
The only exception was the tw- 2004 Pistons, the 2006 Heat, and the 2021 Bucks. And who are the teams that follow in the 4020 teams this season? The Boston Celtics, the Denver Nuggets, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Thunder up, baby. Thunder up. And well, I heard this theory like two, mo- what, two months ago, and I was hoping the Thunder can get the 40 wins before 20 losses, which we did a couple days ago. Right now, Celtics are 46 and 12. Um, and that's and they're going to be the only team in the East because right now the second closest team will be the Bucks and the Cavaliers, and they both have 20 losses, with the Cavaliers being 38 and 21. I mean, 38 and 20, and the Bucks being 39 and 21. And then right now, the Clippers, with their couple losses they have against the Thunder and the Lakers, they're right now they're going to be they're not going to hit the threshold of 40 wins before 20 losses because they're 37 and 20. But the Nuggets are 41 19. The Thunder are 41-18 after that embarrassing loss last night to the Spurs. And then the Timberwolves are 42-17 and as the first seed. And honestly, out of all those teams who's going, who has the 40-20 and 20 that I feel like is going to make the finals, might win it all, I want to say the Thunder, but they're, I'm going to speak about them later after our loss against the Spurs. But Celtics really have the best chance of winning it all this year. Of course, there's, of course, there's the Nuggets. I don't really believe in the Timberwolves that much because, see, I don't know. I, I feel like Rudy Gobert is going to get exposed. Anthony Edwards, he's a killer. You know how I feel about Carnfield Town, soft like Charmin. So, I don't know. Out of those teams, I feel like the Celtics are the best odds to win it all. There's always exceptions, but last 27, last 30 teams – Last 30 champions, 2017's uh, hit the threshold of the 40 and 20 rule. So we'll see. We will see. Oh, yo, two viewers here. Let's go. One. Oh, my gosh. One. Okay. But. Oh, I'm, I'm hitting on right now. Okay. Uh, so we saw in the last couple games that Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson both was bench, but ever since then, what? I can pull up the stats real quick. Jordan, pool, stats on bench this season. <clears throat> ever since he got bench, he dropped eighteen against the eighteen against uh, the uh, the Nuggets, twenty one against the Thunder, thirty one against Cleveland. He had 12 against Golden State, but then last night he dropped 34 against the Lakers. And then Clay Thompson was also another player that the Warriors decided to bench this season. And then this year, he off the bench, he's averaging 19 points a game. Uh, when he first got bench, he dropped 35 points, and then he had th- down game, three points against the Lakers, 13, 23, 25, and 16. So is this really the solution for players who are struggling on the starting lineup, like, you know what, you guys, this we might need to bring you with the second rotation. I think this is might they this should be the like I feel like coaches should start considering like players who you're you're expecting to play higher expectation, but then uh, sorry, sorry, this is uh, I'm not gonna lie, this is so hard recording a podcast by yourself, but I feel like. This might be the new move 
You know, when players are struggling, you need to humble them a little bit. You got to tell them, yo, come off the bench for a couple games. This is no disrespect of your craft and your game. Come off the bench. We'll ease you in back into the game. I know you've been struggling, having bad shooting splints, and see how you do with the second union and to get their confidence back up. Because sometimes when you're in the starting lineup and you've been playing bad games, you go on social media, you need to get, that's going to hurt your mental health. That's going to hurt your mental game, okay? You're going to get stuck in your own head. You're going to be overthinking about a lot of stuff. So when the coaches come in, like, yo, we still believe in you. I still want to give you all these minutes, but I want you to come in with the second unit and see how you do. Because just because you're coming off the bench doesn't mean you're not ending the game with a starting lineup. You can still end the game with a starting lineup. They just want you to ease your way in and start the game. So I feel like, hey, maybe we need – maybe. Maybe a certain guard from Australia should come off the bench for the Thunder because he's been playing bad. He's been on and off all year long. But that's not the topic. But I was going to talk about LeBron being a couple points away. I think he's like nine points away. But that's not much to talk about until it actually happened. Like LeBron, he got 40K, he's going to get 40K points. He's going to keep on adding on to his legacy. Uh, whether you want think he's the GOAT or not, you know, he's still – Top two player of all time, number one or number two, you, you can't argue between that. So he's top two. You can't argue him being top two. I don't care. But 40K points is crazy. But let's go on to the next topic and talk about why is Shea Gilles Alexander addicted, addicted to third, scoring only 31 points? Like, I feel like that can be annoying for people, too, because you don't know, like here. Like, sorry, let me just pull this up real quick. So, I, I saved it on, I saw it on Instagram. Yes, I get most of my topics from Instagram. Uh, so, last seven games, this was 23 hours ago. So, last seven games against Houston, he dropped 31. Against, and then against Houston again, he dropped 36. Washington, 30. Clippers, 31. Orlando, 32. And Kings, 38. And right now, ESPN Bet has his line at 31.5 over under for total points. Hey, I feel like, like, bro, last seven straight games, I'm pretty sure, I, I think he dropped 30 points again last night, too. Let me, let me just, yep, he dropped 31 points last night against the Spurs and the loss against the Spurs. Yeah, but, hey, it's kind of crazy. Like, let's see how long he's going to keep on doing this. This is also still going to help his MVP case against Luka. Like I said before, only people I think is going to win MVP is Luka or Shea. It's really it, – it's going to be Luka if he if he keep on rising up in the standings in the West. If he's a five top five seed, he's going to win MVP. If not, it's going to be Shea. And that's all I got to say about that. But – Next topic, let's talk about Thunder upsetting loss against the Spurs last night, making them now 41-18. Losing, I think, Spurs' first win in how long? Uh, sorry, I don't watch Poverty Franchise. So we, last time Spurs got a win was February, before the All-Star break, February 12th against the Raptors. So, and right now, like... I hate to say it, but it's Wimby's award. Like, Chet had a couple bad games the past month. This is, I think this is the first time, last, no, last week was, last game before this was the first time he dropped more than 20 points in a while. But, like, it's really, Victor, Victor Wimbayama has been playing 
out playing uh, Chet this couple games. Well, it also helped that he's the main scorer on the team, while Chet is like the second or third scorer on his team. But the real thing I want to talk about here is not the loss. I want to talk about the real issue with the Thunder. And you know what the real issue with the Thunder right now, and the reason why we won't, we will probably not make it past the second round? Bigs. I know you're going to say we have Chet. We have Chet, okay? Chet, I feel like with Chet, it's just when the games get slower and, you know, how key is to get the rebounds for our team, it doesn't help that Jalen Williams and Shea is getting the same amount of boards as Chet, and they're both 6'6 six, six and 6'5, six, and Chet's 7'1. This is not a knock on Chet. No, this is always something that he can always approve on, but it didn't help during the trade deadline when we had chances to get Lori Markkinen, Nick, uh, Nick Claxton, uh, Jarrett Allen. I'm not saying we're going to get Jarrett Allen, but, hey, I'm just giving out players that that, w that people say were was on the market. Lori Mark, all right, yeah, I already said Lori Markkinen. Nick Claxton, Jarrett Allen, Robert Williams, even DeAndre Ayton, even though that wouldn't help that much. Even Andre Drummond. Or, or what, what, Daniel Gaffer, what the Mavericks got? Like, there's, I don't know. I feel like the, the reason why the Mavericks are going to make it farther than the Thunder because they actually made some moves to improve their team. I, like, if you watched a couple podcasts ago, I said I wanted P.J. Washington, and guess what? What the, We got Gordon Hayward instead of P.J. Washington while the Mavericks got P.J. Washington. I wanted P.J. Washington on the Thunder. So it was kind of upsetting seeing that happen. But... I don't, know, I don't really see I don't really see the Thunder making past the second round without helps with the big. There's a reason why. I don't know why this person's calling me right now. He knows I'm recording a podcast. But I don't see. Bro, stop calling me. Oh my gosh. A little weirdo. But <laughs> I don't see the Thunder really making it past the second round without help from the bigs. They're Fumbling, there's, there's, they're trying, they're fumbling around, they're messing around trying to get, uh, they're messing around trying to get, uh, people to get, like, to help with the size, us getting Bismick by Biombo today, we just got Mike Muscala, I like the move of getting Mike Muscala, so, but, like I said, I don't really see the Thunder making past second round. I, I I hope we do. I really hope we do. But I don't really see us making past the second round unless Chet gets the ghost of Dennis Rodman inside him and start averaging 30 boards a game because that's the really help. Uh, that That's going to really help us in the long run is Chet. Well, not Chet. Uh, us getting someone who can be a guaranteed rebounder. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, man, I went through these quick. I went through these quick. Okay, let's go with some off-topics topics right here. So, as a kid growing up, I like playing video games. So, I'm going to ask you this question right here. If you can choose three consoles that you can play with right now, like, as you were as a kid, the PS3, the Xbox 360, or the Nintendo Wii. Which one are you choosing? If you say the PS3, you're wrong. If you say the Xbox 360, 
you are also wrong. It has to be the Nintendo Wii. As me as a kid, I love playing the Wii as a kid. My favorite game was playing Mario Kart, Wii, playing Wii Sports, playing Michael Jackson Experience. Tell, let me know if you play Michael Jackson Experience because that's my all-time favorite game. If if Sam, if you listen to this podcast right now, I want the Wii when I come back home so I can bring it home back to college with me because I want to play Michael Jackson Experience because later the other day, I just went on YouTube, put on Michael Jackson Experience and start dancing to it like, oh, be that. Like, but... But, hey, if I feel like if I can choose those three consoles, it would be Nintendo Wii, in my opinion. Let me know. Let me know what you guys think. Are you guys a PS3 guy? What's that guy? Are you a uh, PS3 person, uh, Xbox 360 person, or are you just like me, Nintendo Wii or Nintendo DS? Nintendo DS. A lot of memories from the Nintendo DS. But before I head off on the podcast, the real question is, I got... You're wondering why I have in this bag right here. I got two blue beverages. And the real question I want to ask you guys, which one do you guys think? Bro, (laughs) stop. (laughs) Which one do you guys think is better? Powerade, blue Powerade, or blue Gatorade? In my opinion, see, I'm going to choose between these two. There's always going to be blue Powerade over Gatorade any time day. I don't care. I'll... Argue with me anytime. I will, I will go on Instagram Live, TikTok Live any day with you guys. Argue that Blue Pirate is better, especially when you mix Blue Pirate and Sprite. I do that all the time at Chick Fil A or McDonald's. Like, bro, mix those two together. Best combination on the planet. And I feel like the Gatorade kind of has like a little aftertaste. Has a little aftertaste after you drink it, but Blue Pirate is consistent. Like, it reminds me back in the day when I was playing football in elementary school and my parents would give me Blue Powerade. Well, Blue Powerade always come in clutch. But I'm going to stop smashing this real quick. Make sure you watch me personally podcast on all platforms, Spotify, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, Amazon, uh, YouTube. Make sure you guys... Subscribe. Uh, make sure you guys follow me on Instagram, primetime.cafa. When John, make sure you follow uh, Jonathan's social medias. Uh, not J. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am so sorry. Why did I forget? Not J. Jack on Instagram. Uh, I've got his Twitter. I'm sorry. Not J. Jack on Instagram for him. Primetime.cafa on Instagram for me. Follow me on TikTok. I'm on. Oh, I got three people on live right now, too. Let's go. Follow me on TikTok. Follow me on YouTube. Follow, follow me anywhere. Uh, let me turn off the live right now. I hope you guys have a very blessed day. Uh, and we out.